Welcome to another powerful teaching by Dr. Todd J. Pulliam of One Accord International. All of those books on the Antichrist you got, because they're all wrong. I, I got all, my sons were cracking up. They were helping me find, you know, all the materials I needed to, to do this study and prepare. And so I was finding these books on the end times about some of my favorite people, such and such by 2000. Well, that didn't happen. I had to throw that one away. You know, and I, I mean, I just, I, we, we spent quite a bit, bit of time tossing, put that in that box there. So that's the throwaway box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and you heard all of this stuff. And, and, and you know, and, and here's where it hurts the church. People really want to know. We're supposed to be telling them, no, you can't know the end yet. You got to walk this out. People will accept that. But don't, don't tell them, well, I know it's 2018, but 2020 is the year. For what? <laughs> Truthfully, the master could come now. He restrains. Wow. Why? He said, you will hear wars, rumors of wars. You will see earthquakes and experience them in all the wrong places. Diseases will break out. Famines will be all over the earth. He said, but the end is not yet. As a matter of fact, the end doesn't come till we get the gospel, the true gospel, which we're just discovering. Uh-oh, uh-oh. To all the ends of the earth. And I think for every period of time, there is a certain revelation that, can, that is considered the truth for that season. Now, people who've been receiving Jesus as Lord and been born again, that's truth. We hit a lot of pieces of the earth, but we didn't get them all. But now revelation produces faith. So that message has to go out there. Then grace rules the day. That message has to go out there. See, and these are not messages we've, we, we've taught. We've fought. You got it? We, we've been fighting people from receiving these messages rather than teaching them and allowing them to. Anything new to us, we have struggles with because we think we know. I've never seen anything like it. We think we know and we do nothing with what we think we know. But when a revelation comes to activate us, we resist it. Hallelujah. We're fighting an entire, that's why the enemy's in the middle of this, causing a great distraction. He's got to make sure everybody hates everybody. Why? Because grace is for everybody. We could call grace day tomorrow and say you will show your neighbor grace and will not fight your neighbor. And if you're white, you will not hate blacks. And if you're blacks, you will not hate whites. And then that may be the case anyway. I'm just saying we could call it Grace Day and the enemy will have an all-out conniption fit because he won't have anybody to work with. So if every church taught that, the battle would cease. If we taught love, like Jesus did. 
Now, Jesus ain't like the way that man showed up. And all them people came tripping. He said, man, I was in the temple teaching every day. You ain't brought this many soldiers. Why are you, why are you trying to embarrass me? I'm trying to act like I'm all that and I'm a thug. Well, you know, you got your boys around. My boys was with me in the temple. They rough him a little bit, man. Peter pulls out the sword. Whoop. Somebody's ear drops. He said, hey. Man, call for all that, bro. We just... I got to do this anyway. And I read this again the other day, and it amazes me. Jesus picks the ear up while he's still talking. Snaps it on the man's side of his head, says something, and his ear sticks. Well, now, no, the Bible doesn't talk about it, but I know we were close to revival at that point. Somebody had to be. If I was that soldier, I'd have, I'd have put down my sword. Hey, yeah, a son. Oh, mm. I believe I'm going to have to just strike a step right now. Man, please. You know, why? Because this man just healed my what? Here. But here's what happens. You can get so into an intense war that you don't recognize the power or miraculousness of truth. And that's where we're dangerously close to. You know what I'm saying? Neither the disciples, I mean, John wrote it. Isn't that something? But didn't nobody really recognize it. That was a man's ear. Jesus, I, I, there's no scripture that says he took all the veins and pushed them back up in there and got everything straight, you know, and then and, uh, give, me, give me a claw. Uh-uh, Jesus, I got a word out. Give me a claw. And dab it up a little bit. We got to make sure the blood ain't just dripping anywhere. All we know is Jesus picked the ear up and it was dripping blood or whatever. And just we don't know. And actually, we don't know whether the ear is suctioned to his head. Or we, we just don't quite know how it happened. We just know Jesus picked it up and stuck it back up on there. And it stuck. Everybody should have knelt down and said, now, I, I, I'm third. I'm fourth in line. Hey, man, I'm not taking no cuts. I got a sword. And he can hear you up. Y'all ain't catch that. So don't, don't be taking no cuts today. <laughs> Everybody should have gotten in line for whatever the Savior could provide for them. But when you're so, listen, intense in doing what you think you got to do for you, you prevent everyone else from recognizing truth. And what can be done with it? Truth from the word of God changes all facts. Truth with faith changes facts. The fact is, you could, you could feel like you got the flu. And, and you, let me tease. And, and actually have it. But the minute you make the decision with faith to say, this, I'm not going to have no flu in my body. I'm not going to have no cold. I ain't going to have nothing going on in my body. When you make that decision, it's shifting. It's changing how it has been put together. You know, the faith person that feels something funny going on in their body and the devil says you have cancer. That faith person gets mad and says, in the name of Jesus, I ain't got it. 
Not going to be no cancer in my body. And don't even know that all 10 of those growths that went away were all examples of cancer. Why? Because truth is more powerful than fact. Because it changes facts. Truth is a godly reality. And when I teach to you on the glory, we're going to find out that the glory and the truth are inseparable. The truth is Jesus died for all of your sins. <laughs> well, that removes your record. The blood of Jesus washed your record clean. No, when you really embrace that truth, then you don't let anything get in the way, such as condemnation, guiltiness, shame. You don't allow that to get in the way of God using you. Why? Because the truth is Jesus has already suffered the shame. He went through the guiltiness. He spilled his blood for the remission of my sins. 39 stripes he took so I would be healed. Okay, these are all truths that I'm obligated and I'm deputized to illustrate and represent. And they're so true and I so believe them that there is nothing in my inner personal man that can be used against me to keep me from promoting that truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All God needs is, is a vessel with some faith. Woo. All right. Oh. So I'm going to give you one verse as I promised you. Where did I tell you to go? Daniel 7 and 8. One verse. We're officially opening up last day's teaching and we're teaching on the Antichrist and I will be teaching on other topics on other days and I like doing the prayer meetings. I will continue to teach on living larger than life. Daniel 7 and 8. Can we identify in person who the Antichrist is, or can the Bible identify for me the, the Antichrist? All right. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And when we come back on Sunday, I think we'll take our time and go through some of these verses to help us. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Now, typically what you see is someone with creativity and, and a talent or anointing and they draw pictures 
to the best of their ability to uh, uh, illustrate this. But I want to see if we can empty out all we've ever thought about this to just receive what the Word says. And of course, God will help you uh, see any visuals that you need to see. Amen. All right, so verse 4. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. I've had so many people describe this in so many different ways. I've heard messages from 1992 uh, that were preached that this was actually Israel shedding off the U.S. support. Um, there's, there, there's all kinds of illustrations uh, that uh, I've, I've heard. Now, verse 5, And behold, another beast, the second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. We're going to let the Bible teach us what it's saying to us. Amen. Verse 6, After this I beheld and lo another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Oh, isn't that interesting? Verse 7, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. Now, just make a note of this. Don't always get out of every dream, especially when you're going back into it a second and third time. Have the courage to allow, if it is God, him only, let him take you through. You have a, you have a, a, a set of scriptures here where Daniel is having multiple dreams and visions, but it's all tied into one thing. All right? After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, verse 7 again, a fourth beast. Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the other beasts that were before it and had ten horns. I considered the horns. And behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. Here is our first verse that we will use to describe the Antichrist. Now, there are a lot of people that says it's this, it's this, it's that you have a lot of people who are teaching that the Antichrist is Jewish. I will teach against that. I think that is just a continual uh, uh, attack against our Jewish brothers and sisters. 
such as replacement theology, I think is an attack. Okay, I, well, let me be even more blunt. The spirit of prejudice makes us accept the replacement theology. Okay, I think the spirit of prejudice also makes us believe or encourages us to believe that the Antichrist will be Jewish. But I will be able to show you by the verses that this would not be the case. But here is your, your first verse we want to use. The little horn is the Antichrist. So this nation or person representing or institution with person representing, I'm putting it that way because we don't really know who it is, will rise up. Now, you and I are not worried about the Antichrist yet because the Holy Spirit lives within us. And the scriptures will teach us as we're about to go to, you cannot, well, I'm going to run out of time, but I'll bring it back up on Sunday. You, you cannot have the Antichrist take position as long as the Holy Spirit is in the earth. Okay? So what the Holy Spirit has to do, because we've been promised to be kept who will like Philadelphia, to be kept from the hour of trial, which will come upon the whole earth. So we're raptured out of here. Okay? When the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit arrives back in glory with the saints. Okay? Now, all others who are going to do work under the power of God, from there on, they're, go they're going to do it having come from and to. We'll explain that. But the Holy Spirit, being the one who is uh, available to all as a gifting, those days will be over. Uh, and then the Antichrist, because there is no resistance from the Spirit of God, will step into place and declare himself to be God. And he will have, his deception is, he will have some abilities and he will have some powers. But the reason he will is because by that time, we will have given up truth completely and put our faith in what he has to say, and that's all he needs. Remember, without the Holy Ghost, we talked this in our last teaching, we could build a tower into heaven. Am I right? God had already uh, rebuked man for Adam and Eve listening to the wicked one. The Lord had already prophesied his doom. Right? But what did the Lord say? If I don't get down here and scramble this up, these folks, because they're together, will build a tower right on. They'll be looking at me. Amen. And so we have the Holy Spirit as the spirit of agreement, spirit of unity. So what's he doing? Pulling us back into the place of unity. We have what we call divine glossolalia. We have a prayer language. So now we can all speak the same thing when we get it through the Holy Ghost. Come on now. And as long as we stay spiritual, we're united. And there's no, 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 nothing we can't do. So if they could build uh, a tower to heaven, we could take that church building and really do something with it. 
as long as we're united. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so um, when we come back on Sunday, <laughs> y'all pulling on me, I feel you. Um, all right, go to Daniel 8. So number one, the little horn is our first major description that we're using in this teaching for the Antichrist. Um, as we get further into this, I'm going to get help from the media team. We've already talked about it with our maps. Uh, Daniel 8 and 23. And what I'm trying to do now is identify the Antichrist for you with Scripture. That's all we're trying to do. Don't, don't take it any deeper than that. Don't, don't try to be the great prophet, prophetess. Just, just let the Bible show you and I who the Antichrist is. All right. Or describe him, him or her, however. But it's going to be him. Daniel 8 and 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king a fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Well, who's giving him the power? Certainly is not the Holy Ghost. It is the devil. All right, so Daniel 7 and 8, we have illustration of the little horn. This is our first identification of our teaching series of the Antichrist. The second is that he's a king, possibly a strong diplomatic leader. Okay, now when we come back and describe what the Antichrist does, we'll come back to these same verses and we'll go over what he does to the believers. Because we just read it. I wanted you to have a hint. All right. So automatically now, just with these verses, you can say it is nobody like who we thought it was. And what they've been telling me cannot be true. Okay. All right. You want the third one? Okay. Second Thessalonians 2. Let's go. And, and this is not a shouting series. <laughs> this is an informing series. Is this blessing you? Yeah. All right, Second Thessalonians 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, see that, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the day of the Lord's return, shall not come except there come a what? Falling away first. So in your Bible, just kind of circle that and find a spot to connect to the circle to say rapture first. So there's no concern about the spirit-filled believer or with the spirit-filled believer about who the Antichrist is because it has nothing to do with us. 
when we arrive in heaven with Jesus Christ, we will not any longer know in part. Okay? So we'll be seeing and recognize who the Antichrist is from a heavenly position. We won't be here. The two cannot coexist. The Antichrist cannot be here where saints who have received salvation from, from the grace of our Lord Jesus, and we took it by faith, who are filled with the Holy Ghost. It just cannot happen. All right. This is good stuff. Hallelujah. Except there come what? A falling away first. Read the last with me. Let's go. And that man of sin be what? Revealed. The son of perdition. That's your antichrist. Right? So he can't be revealed till you're gone. So I just removed a great big argument, a sacred cow for someone's green pasture that we don't have to argue or fight about anymore. Well, I just don't understand enough about the Antichrist. You won't need to. You get to heaven, you'll understand what you need to know. Because he's not, he's, not, he's not going to be revealed in your lifetime. So you have no business entering into strife over it. You have the victory over him. Because he can't come till you leave. So we know him as the man of sin, man of destruction. That's what perdition means. Wow. We know he comes from Satan because Satan's the son of perdition. Book of Hebrews. Woo! Let's go down to 2 and 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Well, I thought he was going to destroy the saints. This, this is this, verse eight is prophetic. This is this is when we come back with our Savior, and battle takes place when, when the blessed Savior lands on the mount, one foot, and the thing divides. The cameras are going to be there. I'm going to be making some hollering noise. Check them out. Woo! Do it, Jesus. One more inch. I just got to see it again. Yeah. This is going to be a phenomenal experience. But you can't participate in it if you can't believe it today. That he is who he says he is. Truth, any piece of it, that you can embrace for the all of it makes it all valid. Wow. Jesus Christ the same. Come on. Okay. Did he ever heal? Then what does he always do? Okay. Now you represent him. You're the body. He's the head. So you're supposed to say, yes, I heal the sick. They'll say, well, no, Jesus does it. 
Yeah, but he's in me. I pray for the sick and they get healed. Sometimes sinners are so innocent, they're, they're more honest. They'll come up and say, can you heal me? I can't, but Jesus can. Just step aside. See, y'all done got mad at me. Look at you. Now, you love it when I teach that whatever he gets, you get. But somehow you believe that he could get the anointing to pray for the sick and raise the dead, but you didn't get that. So you still, you ready? You still got to rely on him to do it. Uh oh, I done caught all y'all religious people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, Jesus is the healer, always. But where is he? I can't hear you. What did he say to his disciples? These things I do will what? You're going to do, and what? Greater things. At some point, you're going to have to become God. Here, let me help your psyche. Like. No, no, see, there's something about this that keeps us from receiving the true authenticity of who we really are. We like it better to be God-like. I can't be God. There's only one God. Then why did Jesus teach his disciples? Did I not teach you you are gods? Somebody lying. Well, yeah, I got y'all now. Y'all want y'all want to mess with this? If y'all struggling with this, so we want to mess with this. You, you finna get ready to judge people. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm going to judge? The demons that you have the authority to bind are going to have to walk before you for judgment. If you can't figure out that you're the offspring of the Almighty, then how are you going to judge? It all comes back to you embracing this truth. You got to empty your head out of all of this foolish stuff you've had for, for so long. Somebody's still stuck on, but I still believe Jesus heals. I didn't say Jesus didn't heal. I didn't say he didn't heal. I said, it's you now. It's you. But the way to get out of it is for you to say, Jesus has to do it. Why? Because it keeps you from having to believe that you actually have his presence in you. That's what it is, see. But I'm teaching you the truth. Thank you for listening to another powerful teaching from Dr. Todd J. Poyer. 